0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law hill driving accelerating foul finishes george hill with seven straight points for the jazz and they lead it ninety five eighty eight. 588 plus the foul you are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is locked on Jazz for the second of November. The Jazz win in San Antonio. Just the second team to walk out of that building in the regular season with a win since March 12th of 2015. We break it down next on Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA Insider, glad to have you with us. How about that win last night for the Utah Jazz? This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get this podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, delivering you the latest on the Utah Jazz with insight and expertise. You cannot get anywhere else, so make sure you tell a few friends about it and make sure you subscribe on iTunes or however to make sure you have this coming your direction each and every Every day. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Great shows abound. You can go see what the Spurs are saying about the loss last night. Check in with Mike and Jake about the Mavericks and how they feel about things getting ready for the Jazz. They called it their game they can win coming up. So we'll see if that turns out to be true or not. So check it all out on the Locked On Podcast Network and NFL fans. Locked On NFL with former ESPN host Matt Williamson. He's really, really Really good. Today's show is brought to you by My Simply Smarter, as well as SeatGeek. And let me tell you, the Jazz are home tonight to play the Dallas Mavericks and they're home on Friday to play San Antonio. You should get your tickets to those games because that was a lot of fun last night. And the Jazz pull it off with a fabulous late game, close game, then blow away win of the San Antonio Spurs. Incredible. Incredible win last night uh, for the Jazz, and we'll talk about it all. All right, let's uh, start off as we always do with our pins across the world. You can send that to me at dlock09gmail.com, dlock09 at gmail.com. Let's go to Dallin, Kvist, Kvist. He lives in Lehigh, Utah. Anyone who knows me understands my huge love and investment I have for the Jazz. Like every Jazz fan growing up, I was shown the great legacy of the Jazz from my father. We lived in Vegas, remained a Jazz family. I remember him always reminiscing the Stockton Malone days as a child. He would take me to games, show me around our home then the delta center. I would insist that we would show up to the games hours early so before the jo- doors even open so we'd be the first ones in the arena. Of course, he wasn't thrilled being there that early. Years later I served my mission in West Africa. My dad would always send me weekly updates on the jazz and their progress. And one day in the markets my Companion, I came across a native wearing a jazz jersey in complete shock. I insisted my companion immediately stop so I could take endless pictures with him, from Thurl Bailey to Andre Karolinko to Matt Harper to Memo to Boozer to D-Will, crying over his departure to now Rudy and Gordon. My passion for the jazz has never left or diminished. I have tickets and plan to be there. Opening night, I can hardly wait. A great thing jazz fans are known for is their continued support for the Jazz, even if it's overseas in Africa. And that's from Dallin. Dallin in Lehigh, Utah. Thanks so much for your quick story. Send me yours at dlock09 at gmail.com. dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, let's get right to the tip-off portion of the game. Just You don't win in San Antonio. It just doesn't happen very often. It's happened once all of last year. It was Golden State. Prior to that, it was the Clippers Uh, Last time, or I don't remember, the last time someone won by double digits was the Clippers, January 31st of 2015. Last time when someone put 38 points on the Spurs in the first quarter of a game was on Christmas Day of 2013 when the Rockets did it against the Jazz. It just doesn't happen. And it really doesn't happen when you're without Gordon Hayward for the entire game. Alec Burks is out as well. And then Derek Favors was pre-planned. Quinn told us before the game that it would be a little bit more stringent. I tweeted that out. You can follow me at Lockdown Sports. Uh, so I tweeted that out, and what it was is they want him to play 15 minutes first half and then sit so he's ready to go for tonight, trying to get him ready to do back-to-backs. The, the amount of resting that's going on in the league, we'll talk about it later in the show, is just incredible right now. And as Kevin Ardovich said on the broadcast, it's going to be the story of the season when he was with us. But the Jazz win this one. Uh, two storylines really dominate more than anything else uh, in this ball game. One is just the the, the play of George Hill and the George Hill flurry late, seven straight points uh, to win the game. If you didn't hear the radio call of it and you want to uh, be a part of that on, and hear the radio call of it, you can go grab it at Jazz Game Rewind. It's up at 1280 The Zone, and Jazz Game Rewind has the about a seven-minute play-by-play stretch or six-minute stretch of the fourth quarter, uh, which includes the George Hill flurry, and what the Jazz did I just went and rewatched the fourth quarter, is they found a bunch of things late uh, and matchups that they wanted to expose. But the other part was George Hill just made plays. You know, one of the key plays of the game is, I actually think one of the key plays of the game didn't turn out. George jumps the passing lane, has a layup going the other way. It just showed the jet missed it, showed the Jazz were aggressive. He maintains that aggressiveness and then scores the next seven points of the game. The one, and one of them is he just goes downhill coast to coast, doesn't set up the offense, plays with a little extra juice in the Jazz, you know, playing a little bit faster than the slow team they were taking advantage of a, as Ron Boone talks about all the time, a fast break with the intention of scoring. And that was huge. That pay, that wasn't a big pace of play game in any way. 106 points. The Jazz, only, I think they only played about 90 possessions last night. So that was a, an effective field goal percentage of the Jazz last night. was right at 60%. I mean, that, t- one of the, that, that was an offensive display uh, by the Jazz to start and to close. Uh, and George was just the majority of it. 22 points, 7 assists, but I'm not sure it even tells the story of what he's bringing to the team. Because it's there's a level of just of confidence and been there before and how to handle the situation uh, that he has that we just simply have not had before at that point guard position. We, the Jazz outplayed the Spurs last night at starting and backup point guard. When was the last time the Jazz outplayed somebody both point guard spots? George Hill dominated Tony Parkers and Shelvin Mack dominated Patty Mills. He was just so much bigger and stronger. And Quinn found a set that they ran time and time again in the fourth quarter. Basically, the horn set. Horns is, they, they ran a little differently. I think they call it bull because it's up a little higher. But uh, you have a player at each elbow and the el- free throw line and where it turns down the lane. So right at that edge, if, you kind of think, if you're standing each on one edge of the free throw line. And they had Gobert on one side, and whoever our power forward was, at the other well for most of the stretch the power forward was joe johnson cuz the jazz were playing small shelvin bigger than patty mills they would run joe johnson he would go from if you're face if i'm i'm shelvin facing the basket right now joe johnson's on the right elbow and chuck Shel- first time, Joe Johnson just sprints and clears out to the left side. No pick, nothing. And then Shelvin, just so good with his right hand going downhill, just drives straight in the basket. One of the bigs is lifted. Uh, The other one now is following Joe Johnson out. The other one's lifted at the other elbow. Shelvin Mack, just bigger and stronger than Patty Mills, just beats him to the basket. Then the Jazz, uh, with George Hill, ran some similar things to that, but taking advantage of the fact that the Spurs were switching everything uh the jazz really did a terrific job of interplaying and moving and exchanging uh their personnel uh and running different variations off the same set sometimes it was just a simple pick and roll with joe johnson to get a mismatch and then that player goes over and next thing you know you know david lee is being guarded or david lee probably wasn't in the game anymore after joe ingles torched him i'll get to that in a minute uh Then there's, you know, they, they run it correctly. So now it's a switch with Joe Johnson. Another time they ran it off Gobert and then they run another pick and it got Joe Johnson with Tony Parker on him. And so then Joe Johnson takes Tony in the middle. Quinn just worked this one offensive set the entire fourth quarter. And the great thing about it is he ran so many variations off it. I'm not entirely sure that the Spurs could have or had an answer uh, exactly what was going on. So late-game execution, largely George Hill, Joe Johnson. At one point, they put Kawhi Leonard on Rodney Hood, and Rodney just spaced out to the far side, and you take Kawhi Leonard out of the action. And since Kawhi is better than Rodney Hood, and he's the best defensive player in the league, if he's suddenly not involved in the play because he's face-guarding Rodney, that's great. That's absolutely fabulous. And the Jazz just really calmly, collectively executed down the stretch uh, in that fashion. A lot of other things to talk about, but the other was just the way they opened the game. The first quarter flurry by the Jazz was terrific. The first nine field goals of the game were assisted. The Jazz' effective field goal percentage in the first quarter was 93%. They hit seven threes on only... In 13 of 18 shots overall. So what when I say effective field goal percentage, if you're not used to that yet, what it means is if the Jazz had taken only twos, they would have made them at the rate of 92% in that quarter. They turned the ball over just three times. They went 5 of 5 from the free throw line and scored 38 points on a virtually perfect basketball quarter rodney hood uh was that good he had 11 points in the quarter he was bearing three uh two of three from three the jazz george hill got two. shelvin mack uh hit a big angle left three which is not usually his sweet spot but that got him going for the night the jazz were just absolutely fabulous ran it out to a 10 point lead and then the game got tough and that's the part that I like uh, the most about this day. We'll get more about that. But that open ball movement, Chris assisting on 12 of 13 field goals in the first quarter of the game. Those are the two parts of this game that jump out to me. One, how calmly they closed. And secondarily, how uh, sharp, really, really sharp they were uh, to start the game. And that's what you have to do. And, you know, nobody had had that type of outing uh, against the Spurs since Christmas of 2013 in the first quarter. Uh, today's show is brought to you by My Simply Smarter. My Simply Smarter is an online program that you can do anywhere. You have a computer, 10 to 20 minutes uh, sessions, three sessions a week that are going to help to make your brain work better. It's Your brain is a muscle, and My Simply Smarter is going to allow your kid's brain to work better. Increased processing helps kids who have learning challenges, helps typical kids that you want to have them achieve their ultimate potential, and then interestingly really helps those athletes helps athletes because you're increasing processing. You're increasing your ability to focus. You're increasing your ability to retain and analyze information. And so what are you doing there? You're allowing the athlete to take the coaching better. You're allowing the student to take the teaching better. You're allowing the kid with learning challenges to learn how to use their brain in ways successfully. The program guides them through intense activities that focus, uh, To address auditory processing, visual processing, visual spatial ability, and then a progression uh, through that. Basically, what's important for you to know is that that program is personalized exercise that help you build a strong foundation for learning and help you learn to focus process retain and analyze the information it's my simply smarter.com 20% off for life with the promo code locked all plans come seven day free trial and dads it's really cool because you can monitor your kids progress through the admin login you get weekly and daily emails if they hit a best score you know about it and you can interact with them and be connected when you come home from work that day and hopefully they're having a great deal of fun with learning and that's the first key. So 10 to 20-minute sessions, three sessions a week. It's my Simply Smarter. Laird is there. You can email Laird directly if you want to. He's been nice enough to try to customize your experience as a jazz fan uh, to know uh, so that you can interact with him. Or you can go to MySimplySmarter.com, check out the website, and see it all. If you have questions and you want to ask Laird directly, go ahead and email Laird uh, at Laird at N-A-C-D, national, Uh, Let me make sure I have N-A-C-D, Laird at N-A-C-D, and then it is, I got this wrong the other day, I'm going to get it right today, dot org. Laird, L-A-I-R-D, at N-A-C-D, dot org. All right, the other part of this game last night from the Jazz that just has me so impressed is exactly what I said a moment ago, that they get, they get, you know, this is the Spurs. Spurs win these games, and so you You know, when I anticipate, you look at this and the Jazz have this big, huge lead. They're up by 16. And then, you know, it looks like a a Lego pyramid that you build at home if you look at the game tracker and it just falls off the right hand side. And next thing you know, the Spurs have the lead midway through the third. It's not supposed to come back the other way. You know, it's not a circumstance in which the Spurs at home take the lead midway through the third and then the Jazz come back and take control of the game. And even in the fourth, when it gets down to two, that's not supposed to happen. That, to me, is what was so impressive to, by the Jazz, was their ability to take advantage of every Spurs weakness and make the plays they had to and stay engaged uh, through it. The, uh, when you start to look through it, what are some of the things that happened? Some of the key plays, to me, Joe Ingles kills David Lee. David Lee guards Joe Ingles, and on back-to-back plays, he goes under the pick-and-roll, and and Joe's not been a great three-point shooter off the bounce, and he buries back-to-back threes off the bounce, nailing, uh, killing the Spurs. Huge, huge plays in that fourth quarter early when the bench is on the floor and Joe calmly just buries Uh, Both of those. Uh, Gobert matches to Aldridge all game long, and Aldridge is never comfortable playing against Rudy Gobert, and that was obvious uh, in the ballgame. The defensive rebounding late in the game, an area where the Jazz were so terrible last year, 29th in the NBA in defensive rebounding. In the final five minutes, it was Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson coming down and getting uh, big rebounds. In that game, Dante Exum's defense last night was just terrific, and both Dante Exum and Lamarcus, Dante Exum and Trey Lyles, I thought deserved uh, incredible credit for what they did. Uh, in this game, because I thought both of them really were struggling. Dante was getting schooled by Manu Ginobili. He had the ball stripped from him. He seemed uncomfortable to me in in a lot of different ways, and yet he stayed in the game and defensively did incredible. Uh, had defense four block shots, three of them on threes. Just had a great length to who he was. In the game, watching the fourth quarter, the Jazz, you know, they switched quickly and assertively. They connected, they cut off passing lanes. There's a play where Rodney runs um, Patty Mills off the three-point line into a pull-up two, and he makes it. But it's still just a big thing to get rid of that three uh, and have them take a two. Uh, so all sorts of areas where there were great great actions and then Trey Lyles was really just looked uncomfortable uh, didn't look like the player that I've gotten to know watching him and he stayed in the game made the big plays that had to be done Um, particularly you know defensively he got bogarted by LaMarcus Aldridge and then he turned it over and yet then later he ends up on Kawhi Leonard and forces him into some tough looks and does um, some really uh some really interesting kind of uh, things in which where he's playing inside himself with a confidence that he hadn't shown this year that he showed last year. And that's what I liked about the way Trey Lyles battled in that game. Uh, the the other one I would throw out there, by the way, is, you know, let's not forget, this is a make-or-miss league, and the Jazz made their shots. You know, we can... Do all this other stuff, and obviously it all leads to making or missing. But the Jazz made their shots. And that, I'll tell you, is, uh, frankly impacts things as much as anything else. Uh, Their Jazz looks, on uncontested looks, last night the Jazz were great. And you got into a flow, they got into rhythm, they created those uncontested looks with great ball movement, swinging the ball, moving it side to side, making the extra pass, playing together. uh, And then they were in rhythm, but they were wide open and they buried them. And it's, you know, sometimes the game is truly, truly that simple. Uh, Final one on last night's game. Then I want to jump into Alec Burks for a minute. Uh, The Favors minute allotment was planned. So I think he'll play tonight. Uh, pending something not feeling right. But that was the plan, was to extend his minutes in a half of basketball to try to get him back. Uh, the medical stuff that's going on in this league right now is, you know, it's endless, it's different, it feels weird. Um, but I think it's trying to really be a great deal smarter uh, for all of these athletes and keep them keep them out there. Uh, if you are planning to head to the Oregon-Utah game November 19th, uh the faith hill concert in sep- tim mcgraw concert in september or a jazz game or whatever it is seat geek is the best place for you to go buy tickets on the open market. If that's where you're going to go, go to SeatGeek. They put all the tickets available on other, from other sites into one place so you can save time and never miss a deal. You don't have to go to one site here and one site there and one site somewhere else to figure out what you want to do. And even better is the fact that SeatGeek puts a grade on every single seat. And that's what makes it so hard to figure out whether or not you're getting a good deal on seats or not. So if you want to go see the Carrie Underwood concert uh, that's coming to town out at the Maverick Center, you can... Check and look, and they have over here in Section 123, someone wants $532 for their tickets. Well, guess what? They're telling you that's an awful deal because for you can move one section over and get the same ticket for $170, and that they're giving is a good deal score. So you check it out. Every ticket has a deal score for you, and it tells you which are the best deal scores for you. Section 101's got a ticket at $146, and that is one of the better deal scores out there. You can do it with football games, you can do it with basketball games, you can do it with concerts, any event that's going in town. Go to SeatGeek, and then when you download the app onto your phone, just go over to the Settings tab, it says Add a Promo Code, and add the promo code LOJAZ. That's LOJAZ, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LOJAZ. So the Jazz announced yesterday that Alec Burks will have – has had surgery, did it yesterday, on his um, ankle, leg area, I guess is, you know, there if that's my complete. And uh, they debrided, I think. Um, Is that really? Like this is so much medical stuff that I don't understand in any way, shape, or form, or even know how to talk about uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But that's the – here's what it really here's what's really was going on and I think this is you know hopefully this will help you uh it's first off okay it's not great we'd rather have him on the floor considering where he was it is probably good news he wasn't getting better like that was clear right you kept hearing Alec is in rehab and you get frustrated because there's no timetable there's no timetable because Alec wasn't getting better, like they were going through rehab. They were trying to figure it out. And every time, Alec kind of upped it from 75% to 100%, he felt pain. Every time he was out there for an extended period of time, he started to feel pain in what was going on. And so they cleaned out debris uh, and tried in between, like, I, I don't even want to try to be a doctor, but basically there's an area where they believe that an area of bone between his tibula and his fibula had created kind of an extra uh, area of bone in there that was creating pain the harder he went and the longer he went. And the hope is that by taking that out um, and this arthroscopic surgery that he will be able to get back out on the floor. But frankly, the way he was heading, he wasn't heading back out on the floor. So it's a bummer because it's the third operation in a year plus that broken leg. I mean, Paul Pierce just got him. You know, it was a dirty play and Paul Pierce got him. And this is a significant injury. He's still working his way back. And it's too bad. It's, you know, 10, 11 months almost, uh, now since it happened. And it sucks. Okay? It sucks. But we're, the Jazz are trying to get him back to be able to play. When? Again, they're not going to put a timetable on it. It's not fair. If you say four weeks and then it's six, it's as though he's not ready in time. If you say it's eight weeks and then he comes back in six, it's like, oh, you're rushing him. You know, None of these things are – there's no value for the organization to put out a timetable on it. But what they've done is they believe that they have taken out the bone that was creating the irritation. Uh, They've had him do a bunch of scans with a bunch of doctors all across the country, found a hot spot. And hopefully uh, this will get Alec back out on the floor. And then the issue is just he hasn't played in a long time. Uh, the good news is he's been doing a lot and then the pain would kick in. So it's not as though he's been completely uh, inactive in how he's in that he's in terrible shape or anything uh, of that sort. So that should hopefully, once he gets through the surgery, give him uh, a little bit better feel on things. A few other quick notes around the NBA. Uh, Kevin Artovitz was on with us doing the broadcast ESPN, and he made the comment the other day that this is going to be the story of the year is going to be uh, the resting of players, and it certainly is. Uh, Memphis last night went into Minnesota with a game today. Uh, I believe they play at home against New Orleans today, and they did not sit, they did not play Marcus Soule or Mike Conley. Either one. It's kind of crazy. A few other notes last night. New Orleans is Anthony Davis can't be better, and New Orleans can't win. Like, it's not good, actually, uh, for New Orleans. Anthony Davis is having these mammoth days, and then Milwaukee scored 117 points. Milwaukee's not supposed to be able to score. And yet, they put up 117 Giannis had 24. Jabari had 21. Malcolm Brogdon, a second-round draft pick, had 14. A lot of people just really liked him an awful lot. But Anthony Davis had 35-15 points, two assists, three steals, three blocks. That's That's becoming... I know that Drew Holiday is out, and I know that Tariq Evans is out, and I know that Terrence Jones – well, Terrence Jones I think is just not playing. And I know that they're short guys, but they started 1-11 and last year as the hot team, and now they're in trouble again. That is going to become uh, a huge story. Uh, by the way, Andrew Wiggins is uh, playing some point guard with Ricky Rubio trying to finally see if he could become more of a passer. I was just disappointed when I watched him earlier this year. Uh, He just did not seem to have any ball skills after two dribbles. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins last night had six fouls in the fourth quarter alone. Yep. And Golden State erupted in... Uh, Portland 127-104. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Hope you enjoyed the Jazz win. Hopefully we see you out at the arena tonight. Tickets are available at utahjazz.com. Make sure you get those. There's also four tickets, four pizzas package that's available if you call 355-DUNK and see what that's all about. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, you can do so. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Podcast create a better connectivity between the listener and the sponsor than any other format plus if you want a isolated audience that's very specific men between the ages of 18 and 44 or 25 and 54 this is your spot for it email me at dlock09 at gmail.com this is locked on jazz part of the locked on podcast network